it's a privilege to be here with you today as we celebrate All Saints Sunday, and we have this uh, tremendous reading from John's Gospel. I want to make sure that we remember a couple of things just about where we are in, in the story with Jesus and his friends. Um, this is not a one-time appearance, right? Mary and Martha and Lazarus were good friends of Jesus. Um, every time Jesus and his disciples come to Jerusalem, they pretty much always stay in Bethany. We hear many, many stories of Martha and Mary. Remember, Mary's chosen the better portion. Martha, you're worried about a lot of things. Um, and other stories of Mary anointing Jesus and those kinds of things. So these are good friends of Jesus. And the piece just before this part, although last week we heard about blind man Bartimaeus being healed of, of his blindness, right? And that, that kind of makes an appearance here. Uh, what has happened is when Lazarus falls ill, Martha sends for Jesus to come and heal her brother. And Jesus says, he's going to be fine. And he kind of stays where he is for a couple of days. And so by the time that Jesus arrives, we have Mary saying, Lord, if you had been here, you know, my brother would not have died. What's remarkable about this story is we get Jesus as his, at his most sort of vulnerable and human and his most divine and powerful all in the same story, right? We've got Jesus who is weeping at the grave of his friend Lazarus, but he knows what he's going to do. He's about to revive him and bring him back to life. So we have that, both of those elements in the story. And what's great news for us in the midst of that is, is that's how God is with us. God can be with us in the midst of our grief, even as we celebrate the promise of the resurrection. What's important for us to remember, and our prayer book does a good job of describing this, is that when we lose people in our lives to death, those we have loved, grief is a Christian emotion. It's okay to be sad. And in fact, as we remember them year after year, grief may come back to us. But always that God is present with us in the midst of that grief. Jesus is present with his friends as they are grieving the loss of their brother and their friend. In fact, remember Thomas, you know, doubting Thomas, he says when they hear that Lazarus has died, let us go and die with him. I mean, these guys were really close. And so it, it says a lot that Jesus was, first of all, moved to tears, and then, and then that he showed God's power over death. Now, just a, a quick theological note real quick. I want to make sure that we're clear on this. What happens to Lazarus in this story is not resurrection, but is restoration to life, okay? The resurrection Lazarus will experience later because he's going to be alive for a while and he's going to die again. Um, and then, of course, now we believe that he's raised and is with our Lord in glory. Um, it's an important little side note uh, as we proclaim that Christ is the firstborn of the dead, the first to be fully resurrected in a new body. Um, which is kind of the reason that some of his disciples don't recognize him um, in the Easter narratives. Whenever I think about this particular story, and whenever we come to this time of the year, All Saints Sunday, when we remember both All Saints Day, November 1st, all the saints of old, St. Michael, St. Mary, and Martha of Bethany, uh, perhaps you have a favorite saint who uh, has lived among us. Um, there's so many. Uh, Julian of Norwich, uh, so many saints. And we, we do a good job in our church of remembering them uh, regularly throughout the year. And on November 2nd, All Souls Day, as a church, we gather and we remember all those that we have loved and have lost and see no longer, but entrust to our Lord and look forward to seeing them in the resurrection. So today on All Saints Sunday, we kind of I, I have a tendency to kind of merge those two. So, so bear with me um, as we remember all of those um, who have bared witness 
to the Christian life and have blessed us through that. I want to share with you all a couple of stories this morning about people in my own life. I'm going to start with my Oma. That's my grandmother, Janet. Uh, Janet Martin um, Skibby was her married name. Uh, we called her Oma, and we called my grandfather Papa. Papa's still around, uh, turned 85 this year. We got to spend some time with him in California uh, for his birthday, which was a real treat. Oma and Papa, to me, were um, the two most influential, important people in my life growing up. Um, I had a kind of a broken home and um, spent a lot of time with them um, and really, really uh, am so grateful for their witness of their marriage, um, for their unconditional love of me. That's who I learned it from, was from my grandmother and uh, from my Oma, and also um, just the support that they poured on me for forever. Uh, my Oma was the first person to tell me uh, when I was a young boy, Eric, when you grow up, you're going to be a doctor or a priest. And I explored both of those possibilities, and here we are. So uh, Oma was so great in supporting me, um, even uh, when I began to take my faith really, really seriously and went to work for the church sort of right after college. Um, she was always a great uh, supporter of my faith and my work in the church and always such a great constant encourager. Um, and uh, so it's been incredible to have that person in my life. Um, she was also crazy about Allison and um, was at our wedding and um, that it wasn't the last time I saw her, but um, I just remember profoundly being thankful that my, my Oma and Papa could be there. In fact, my, my Papa was one of my groomsmen. Uh, it was a really special time. Um, after I finished seminary and uh, was ordained a deacon, we moved to Alabama, uh, which was a new place for me to live. Exciting times. Um, it's not Texas. And so um, <laughs> we were there for several months, and as I was preparing for my priestly ordination, which was in December of that year, Oma and Papa got on a plane in California and flew uh, to come. They were going to land in Atlanta, and we were going to pick them up and celebrate Christmas with all the family and do my ordination as a priest and all those kinds of things. And on the plane, my grandmother, my Oma, died um, on the plane. And so uh, that whole trip turned into something different. And uh, we went and met, Alice and I went and met my grandfather. We did um, last rites for my grandmother in the hospital. Um, we uh, took her to a funeral home. We called the rest of the family. They all came in. Um, I was ordained a priest on a, a Tuesday evening. Um, in Birmingham, Alabama, and the very next day we picked up my grandmother's ashes and flew back to California, and the first thing I did as a priest was to bury my own grandmother, um, which was incredibly hard to do. So whenever uh, the anniversary of my priestly ordination comes up, I can't help but connect it with uh, the deep love and support that my Oma showed unto me. Uh, I'm so grateful that even the last thing she did was, was something to come and support me. Um, such a powerful witness um, that I remember um, often, but especially uh, during this time of year. A couple of years before that, um, uh, when I went to seminary, uh, we had a, a, a really good friend. Um, basically, I'm going to uh, tell you a story of my friend Adam. Um, and so I came from the Diocese of Texas. I worked in Austin, and before I went to seminary in, in Virginia, I knew several people who were already there ahead of me, uh, people that were, had gone the last few years. Casey Shobe, who's the director of Transfiguration, um, was already there, and my friend um, Adam... Paylet Gorin was there as well. You might recognize that name, Paylet, because that's my daughter's name. Um, when we were having children, we decided we use family names, and we'd come up with uh, two different sets for Hill. We didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl. And then uh, with Paylet, we knew we were having a girl, and we knew her middle name was Anne, because we have so many Anns in our family. And it made sense to us that we honor our friend Adam uh, in that way. And uh, it's been a, a true gift uh, to see Adam reflected through Paylet and, uh, over the years and to share this story, which I'm about to share with you all. So Adam uh, Palet Gorin uh, was a, a good Aggie. I'm a bad Aggie. He was a good Aggie, which means he was in the core, 
and he loved the core, and he loved his boots, and he loved his Chevy Camaro, and he loved to have a good time, and he loved women, and he loved his French cuff shirts. He wasn't so much a fan of guitars in church, but he did love the 1982 hymnal, and he loved life, and he loved our Lord, and he loved our church. He was the most joyful man I've ever known uh, in my life, I think. And he exuberated this love and passion in everything that he did. Uh, He was the captain of the Fighting Friars football team, um, which I enjoyed playing on all three years of seminary. Allison has four years. She's the most famous linebacker from Virginia Seminary's uh, illustrious uh, football team. Um, A bishop bishop literally came up to our general convention in Austin and said, I heard you were the most famous linebacker at Virginia Seminary. She was like, what? And anyway, it's true. She's ferocious. (laughs) So Adam uh, knew me and Casey knew, and and, and Casey, I came in my my prospective student visit in like March of 2004, and I met Allison for the first time. And throughout that whole summer before I even got there and before Allison came back to school, Adam uh, was working on both of us. Uh, and really trying to make sure that we ended up together. And I'm so, so grateful to him that we did. Um, Adam's time was cut really short. In December of his last year of seminary, as he was preparing to be a priest in in Christ Church, in this Episcopal Church, and he would have been such a great priest, um, he died suddenly in his shower in the middle of the night. And Allison was his next-door neighbor and was the one to find him. Um, And that event uh, had a a huge impact on on this whole seminary, um, particularly... Um, for those of us who loved Adam so much and had, had known him. Um, we uh, gathered together as a community, and we uh, helped each other through our grief, and we celebrated Adam's life, and we continue to get together almost yearly, uh, a large group of us, uh, to remember Adam and to celebrate him um, and his love of life and of our Lord and of our church. I share those stories with you today, not to bum you out, uh, but just to remind you, I imagine that you have similar stories of people in your own life who have encouraged you and supported you and taught you about the Christian faith, those who have loved you unconditionally, have helped you become the people that you are today. And this time of year, I think it's really great that we remember those people, obviously with some grief and sadness, but also with joy and with thanksgiving uh, for the blessing and the gift that they have been to us. So this week, I've got some homework for you, and I'm going to do it with you. I would love for each of us this week to pick a saint. It could be someone like St. Augustine of Canterbury, or it could be someone like Anselm, or it could be Julian of Norwich, or anybody like that, that we can uh, go and pick out a book and read. Maybe you have somebody in mind that you're already reading who can inspire you through their words and their faith as we remember them. Or pick somebody that you've known in your own life that has been a a tremendous support for you and your faith journey. Um, And this week, um, think about those those people. Um, I'm going to pick kind of a random person. I'm just going to pick Bernard of Clairvaux. He was a 12th century monk who was a Benedictine, and I I read some of his writings in seminary, and I've been meaning to pick it up, so I'm going to commit to read through this this week. I've got a plane ride, so I've got some time to do that. But whoever that person might be for you, whether it be a saint of old or a saint that you've known personally, I just really really encourage you to to join me in that work this week, to, to think and pray about those people's life and their ministry and their faith and how it can continue to inspire us Um, as we grow in love of our Lord. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for the celebration of all saints, 
for all those who have come before us in the Christian faith, for the apostles and martyrs, from those who have loved you in every generation, who have written words of inspiration for us. We thank you those people we've known in our own lives that have loved us and supported us in our faith journey for clergy and for friends and family and for people we've met along the way. Lord, we ask this week that you would help us to remember all of those, to give thanks for them, to be inspired by their witness. Lord, help us to know that we are surrounded by the great cloud of witnesses, the saints who have come before. Lord, we thank you that we will join them in the resurrection. We pray all of these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen.